Welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where we normally introduce pop culture to Gabe that he might have missed growing up due to his sheltered childhood. But today will be different. So, Gabe, I've been listening to this podcast called Films to be Buried With uh-huh. by, by Brett Goldstein. Comedian, actor, writer, and swimmer. Like, he does a bunch of things. Uh, but All right, the, diverse. Yes, very diverse. But the premise is that every week he invites a special guest, a peer of his, and they talk about death through films. Basically, what if you died and there was an afterlife and they wanted to know about your life through the movies you've seen? So uh, I thought it would be fun if we did this too and then maybe did it again in like a year and see what potentially we learn uh, about the influence of the podcast on each other or or just what the year has been like that it's made us change our perspective on some of the films that we've watched. And I think also as, as a, a shout out to our biggest fan who, besides myself, I think has listened to every podcast, our park has stirred up a lot of memories. And I think that that's a good um, uh, segue into why we would want to do this because the questions that the podcast asks is to kind of stir up memories and conversation. So thank you again to our biggest fan for that uh, lively quote. So to be clear though, I am blatantly stealing these questions from, or this idea from Brett and his questions. No doubt about it. No one should misunderstand that this is a a straight up copy of it. To Brett, if he's listening, because you know, could be. Send us cease and desist immediately because we're going to do this again we'll in a year. It. We'll, <laughs> we'll frame it. Oh, that too. But I was going to say we're going to do this again in a year. So if you stop <laughs> us now. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then quickly, I want to thank uh, the 17 people who have listened to our first and second podcast. Uh, you know, and to like the followers that we have on Instagram at Pop Cultural Hangfire. It's amazing that in uh, you know in two weeks' time that word is spreading. Uh, so thank you to our friends and our family and the the random people that somehow found us. Um, we started this for fun for us, really, for me to be to have some sort of creative outlet. So it's awesome that there are people who find it somewhat entertaining. You know, perfect. And yeah, and and again, I want to mention uh, we are looking to invite listeners that have a unique interest uh, in something related to our topics something that they're passionate about and would love would love to teach us about it, you know, or brag about it or just share their knowledge about it. So that's always an open invitation for anybody. If you've got a niche that that you know better than anybody else or you know incredibly well, uh, please hit us up because we are more than happy to have you on and 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 have us teach us something so we can learn about whatever that might be. What's the best way to reach us if somebody wants to do that? What a great question, Gabe. I love pop culture hangfire at gmail no (laughs) (laughs) we should get that before (laughs) no i I just through our through our instagram i think that at pop culture hangfire just send us a dm or even leave a message in in one of our posts uh we we post uh, our latest episode weekly so you'll be able to get a hold of us through there don't want to spoil it but we already have one person interested so you know we'll go from there and a possible second oh 
Hello. As a surprise for Christian. I've already had someone else talk to me as well. Oh, very nice. This is great. Okay, so as we mentioned, we've died and there is an afterlife. In this scenario, there is no like, you know, whether you believe Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert, there is an afterlife. And people there want to know about your life based on the movies or films you've seen. So the very first question is, Gabe, what is the first movie you remember watching? Okay, now... Because we're going this far back, I've got a couple of answers because I, I honestly it will have been young enough that I can't get the timeline straight. So, and also I want to say that I think it's quite possible that my my answer has been influenced, right? Because I know one of them had a drastically greater impact on my life than the other. So I think what might actually be the oldest one, and this would be uh, in theaters, would be The Lion King. Oh. Like, I remember that. So actually, like, I didn't want to look it up ahead of time. I'm going to Google. When was that? When was The Lion King released? I want to say... I want to say after 94, 95. 94. Oh. That's where I was guessing. Okay. So I saw it. So I can I can pinpoint that because it was in theaters at the time. And I remember seeing that. That's the first movie I for sure re- remember seeing out mm-hmm. and going to see. Uh, we were on uh, vacation because we saw it with my cousins up the Central Coast, California. That was our annual vacation as a family. And I remember seeing that. Thanks to the tricks that we all play internally, I don't remember the psychological trauma that that movie must have caused to me at, let's see, what would I have been then? Uh, six. <laughs> that, that would have probably, you know, or maybe I just didn't understand. God bless. I was probably ignorant. Okay, so that's one, right? And I saw that, and I know I can tell you the time frame. The one I can't tell you the time frame and had the bigger impact is Star Wars oh, Episode Four: Jesus. New Hope. Man, that movie because just I saw that changed your life, didn't it? That's going to shotgun this entire list, man. It's going to be <laughs> if it's not an answer, it's going to be a footnote answer. Of, well, also there's this. So I did my best not to make it the answer to everything. Um, but but these afterlife people would learn a lot from me by that one movie. That's the movie that would tell them the most. Okay, so. For this one, let me paint you the picture. We're at my cousin's house, different cousins. And this is probably one of those movies that I don't think would have gotten put on in my house. This just wouldn't be too much yeah, sci-fi violence, maybe, or, you know, uh, intergalactic politics. Maybe I don't know if that was not allowed, but they popped that movie in and I was enthralled from the from the get go. That's the feeling you want like that you're completely enthralled it's it's magical that and again it it literally did change my life the trajectory going forward like i remember rapt attention watching the whole thing i didn't even understand a lot of stuff because i i can specifically remember not understanding certain scenes and thinking something happened that hadn't like in the trash compactor there was that that monster in there right the eyeball pops up does its thing initially when you see a bit of it i thought there was like a severed arm which is a weird random thing and maybe maybe that's maybe that's part of why that movie wouldn't have been didn't bug me. But I thought there was like an arm for some reason. And I thought somebody had lost an arm and grew one back. Don't ask me why. There was a lot happening to process. What else? Uh, I don't know. I think I think also I can tell you, I think Obi-Wan was my favorite character. My initial impression was like, you know, he's the coolest, obviously, because he's the Jedi. And there you go. But that seeing that like then I like got my foot in the door. I had to see the rest of them. I had to, you know, figure it out and. I'm, I don't know exactly how all that ended up unfolding, but I do know that I saw that and uh, irrevocable change. So I don't know if that predates Lion King or not chronologically, actually, but those those are those, those are the, are the closest answers I could give. For me, 
It was back in the home country, Nicaragua. And I believe that the movies that we watched or that influenced or that I remember watching as a kid was were Clint Eastern Westerns. And mm. because of the spaghetti Westerns, it's one of the three or all of the three. They all kind of just blend together to me. And maybe that's why I have such a an affinity for those films. But my brothers told me that my that our dad was a huge fan of them. And uh, and I have been a huge fan of them my entire life. But when I think of like, and I have a hard time remembering as a child, but when I think of it, uh, I always I always picture a television and I picture those movies on. So I feel like that I remember it, it's going to be the Clint Eastwood Western films for me. How old would you have been then? I would have been uh, right under right under seven years old, so probably between four and six. Probably. Okay, good. I was going to say, like, I'm I'm not sure if I'm, like, not going far enough, because, like, I, Lion King 6 for sure, it had to be, like, between, I would say, four and six for Star Wars, and I can't, I can't yeah. pinpoint it better than that. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where, and that's why it's, like, Perfect. that you remember. Because I, I, I can think of other movies vividly that I remember, but they tell a whole story. But those are the ones that are like kind of edged in there, like something happened, yeah. and that's why they're stuck in there. Okay, good, good, good. I'm not surprised about Star Wars, but good. No. Okay. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> what movie scared you the most? Okay. The there's another here's another two parter because there's a movie and maybe you can. I I wish I had more info. There was a movie on TV that we were watching, and again, so the setup initially growing up for me in the apartment was my dad had his own office, right? It was like a two bedroom apartment and he had his office in the back. And that's where my dad would watch movies that we, you know, adult, any kind of adult theme, which obviously at this point could mean anything, intergalactic politics, um, you know, violence, whatever. So something being on in the living room meant that like either there was a lapse of uh, uh, attention being paid or my, I mean, my dad would just put stuff on sometimes because he was much less concerned. (laughs) That's how I saw a lot of things. I probably should. I'm going to say shouldn't have, but like, really, let's be honest. Um, So there's this movie on and it was some kind of like alien, like there was a UFO and it was, there was a lot of suspense built up around it. And they finally opened it at one point and there was an alien. And I, I honestly don't have a ton of details. It was campy in retrospect. It was definitely an older movie, even at the time. So it was probably like an, an 80s movie. Mm hmm. And I just remember being kind of freaked out by all the suspense building up to the alien. And I don't know what the movie's called, though. So oh, that's wow. unsatisfying. That's unsatisfying as a bit of an answer. So the, the one I can tell you that had an effect, and you, you've already heard a bit of this, is so the one that 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 actually got me. And it was much later, so I know this was later. Reservoir Dogs. That one had an impact. And it scared you. Well, at the time, like, I, so scare, it, it just, it skeezed me out. The whole ear thing skeezed me out. That was the other oh, gotcha. answer. So okay. I can give you a specific thing and tell you that I was like, ugh, that's disturbing. <laughs> the okay. scare one was that alien one that I don't know what it was. I just know it was a movie. I know that there was these two guys running around. There was a UFO. It was trying to be covered up. Probably an 80s movie. And I, I could not figure out what it was. And I honestly hadn't thought of it for years until, until I was this. thinking about this question. I was like, that actually did. I remember being scared as a kid and being like, having to like pull the covers tighter because I was like, I didn't want the fucking alien to get me. Wow. You know, uh, we're going to discuss this movie more later on and we are mm. going to find this movie. I, I kind of want to know now because like... I do too. Yeah, no, this is interesting. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, so I think for me, I have the same answer, a uh, two-part answer, right? Nice. I think that it has to do with age, right? When I was a kid, dude, 
Nightmare on Elm Street scared the living bejesus out of me. And as designed. And because of the damn household I lived in, they did not care. We would put on any movie. <laughs> so here is, you know, like 10-year-old me watching Nightmare on Elm Street and having nightmares for weeks about and that's, how they, and that's how they get you specifically. You know, so but now as an adult watching that movie, I'm like, oh damn, Johnny Depp is in this. And it's like, and it's a fun, campy movie. So as an adult, it is no longer uh, scary. But as a kid, though, it scared the the hell out of me. Okay. I, as an adult, though, <laughs> the ring, dude, the, as a grown person, and again, like, you know, mid-20s, the ring actually really scared me. It, had, it was a movie that had not scared me in a while. And I don't mean, like, suspense, and I don't mean, like, thriller. and Like, Get Out scared me, but for a completely different reason, you know? Okay. Um, <laughs> but the ring, dude, for it being a horror movie, it really gave me a scare. I thought it was so well done, and it really scared the hell out of me. Uh, so that for me, that those are the two. Nightmare on Elm Street as a kid and The Ring as an adult. I think those two movies. Okay. Are. That's fair. What? I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't, I, I, I'm not a scary movie person either. So this movie, this, that, that, that list was unfiltered by like, I, 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 I don't go to watch like. Oh, yeah. No, same here. Scary movies. So. Not my thing. Not my thing. Anything I saw, it, 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 if it scared me, it was a thing that either slipped through or it's just part of a different type of movie we're watching. Okay. Uh, what movie made you cry? Okay. This was in this. I'm I'm sure there's a whole lot of them because I'm an emotional oh, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. this was an this was an easy one to come up with because the one that immediately popped into my mind were Where Did You Cry? Lord of the Rings, Fellowship <laughs> of the Ring, <laughs> Boromir. Sacrifice. Oh, those always that always gets me. Like I'll cry just reading about some real or imagined story where that kind of stuff happens because that that type of action like just impactful to me. And that and when I read the book, I can remember tearing up as well. So the movie delivered, like gave me the exact same. So I definitely know what you mean, except that for me because he was he was redeeming himself. It wasn't. It wasn't a sad moment. It was a happy moment for me because he could. No, die, he could die with his with his boots on. You know, for sure. No, he reclaimed his honor. Like that's that's part of it, though. Like it's it's bittersweet because he's he's doing the thing that he he's correcting a wrong. He's righting a wrong, but it's costing him his life. That's is a, what it is. That's a beautiful so, scene. Okay. Yeah. So for me, I'll tell you, most dad moments will will F me up just because of my own, you know, uh, my own dad issues. So I'm going to leave any of those out of the way. And then Pixar has gotten me close to gotten me like, Ooh, dude, those, the, the, the first five minutes of up. I mean, that movie's for adults. God damn it. What about Um, inside out? Yes. The, the imaginary. Ooh. Yeah. And then, uh, and then toy story three, the incinerator. I mean, very close to it. Right. But the movie that, automatically popped into my head when I asked myself this question. Brokeback Mountain. I know. There's a scene at the end when his daughter leaves and he's by himself, Heath Ledger's character, and he goes into the closet and he reaches, you know, past his clothes into the back. It's a good metaphor, though. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Well done, sir. Well done. Oh, you know what? Everybody, thanks for listening. That's been uh, Pop Culture. <laughs> it is not going to get any better than this. Okay. Um, but yeah, when he reaches past the clothes and finds his, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's character's uh, shirt, 
and he just holds it up and, spe- and it smells it. I'm just like, breaks my fucking heart. And you know what the funny thing is? If you've, if you've never read the short story where the movie's based out of, honestly, sure dude, it is the exact same thing. Like, whoever took the movie did an exceptional job of turning that short story into a movie. Like, they did 90% of the dialogue is from the book, some of the short story. So the, the wow, even reading it gets me teary-eyed. But seeing it, because of the incredible performance of Heath Ledger in that movie, I, I, I am happy to admit that Brokeback Mountain makes me cry like a little girl at the end. Or like a baby, because, you know, girls, babies, men, everybody cries, okay? I'm just going to put it out We there. all cry, everyone. We all cry, everyone. I need to watch that. That's why I put that on my list uh, of movies to watch, because I haven't seen that. And you, I know it's good. You are... I mean, I should be surprised, but, I, but I'm not. I'm like, yeah. No, yeah, that should be... That's your homework, Gabe. I'm putting that as your homework. If I just said, right. if I just admitted to crying to that movie, that's your homework. All right. Okay. What, um, now to the polar opposite, what movie made you laugh the most? Okay. This one was surprisingly tough for me because I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I laugh pretty easily. And I'm like, so hang on a second. What, what brought me the most humor? So what, what came up, what I thought of was, okay. Where was I like what brought me the most humor perhaps out of a situation where I wasn't feeling humorous or like, you know, and I and also this is a movie that I happen to watch a bunch of times. So, again, here's the scene. I'm probably like around 10. I got this ear infection that was awful. I'm taking my meds for it and I got to take painkillers because it's bad enough that it keeps me like awake. Problem is, painkillers wear off, so I'll go to bed having taken painkillers. It literally woke me up every night for, like, a week. And I'd wake up, like, like in tears because this thing hurt. I don't know why. I think we'd just recently gotten this multi-pack of uh, uh, Marx Brothers movies. And my favorite in that collection was A Night at the Opera. And I watched oh. that movie every night for that entire week. Because I, I, I just, the same one, because it made me feel better. It, I, I laughed. It was funny. It distracted me from the pain. It got me, even though I was in the midst of hurting. And it, I would watch that movie. Take, had take my painkillers after the movie was done. I go back to bed. The fact that in rapid succession for the entire time that I was having that issue, I that I watched the same movie. I didn't switch. I didn't go like, oh, let's watch something else tonight. Like I put on the same movie, and it made me feel better, and I laughed. So first, I'm incredibly happy to hear that I'm a huge March Mother March Brothers fan. But I'm also, I almost, I shouldn't be surprised because it's an old timey movie that you should have been allowed to watch. (laughs) That's a fantastic movie. That and and Duck Soup, it's, those are, I mean, incredible, incredible comedy. Okay, nice. For me, it's something a little more recent. Well, more recent than that movie. (laughs) But the movie Super Troopers, dude. The movie Super Troopers is one of the funniest movies I have ever seen. I have watched it well over 50 times in my life dude and i laugh every single time and i think the first 12 or 13 times i watched it i found new jokes in the movie because i was either laughing at a previous joke when that joke happened right. so the second the next time i watched it i caught that joke <laughs> it's a phenomenal movie to this day dude it still makes me laugh and it's and it's because i feel like it's the shenanigans that my friends and i would get into it's the same jokes we would make. It's the same pranks that we would pull. It's this, and it's one of those things where I'm like, I can relate to this movie in that sense of like that friendship that these guys have. Uh, but yeah, no, that movie to me uh, makes me laugh to this day. 
Uh, and it's it's the movie that's made me laugh the most, I think, in my life. That's fair. That's a good pick. We follow it up with, what movie have you watched again? Maybe recently, or maybe you just watched it again, and it didn't hold up from when you had first watched it, where you did like it. So this was another tough one for me. I'm pretty good like about suspending my disbelief. And that comes to like story, like plot holes, story gaffes, inconsistent. Like if the movie's entertaining enough, I'm not bothered. Like if I like it, I'll like it. So I had to think over a while about like what, and what I came up with is one that maybe it's not that I don't enjoy it or I don't think it's good, but like it didn't live up to the hype, right? Like Mm -hmm. it was a big deal. It made a big splash. And watching it, you're just like, I I don't know if this really changed the world, like everyone said. Like, I don't think, like, it's it's an okay movie. And I haven't gone back to watch it. I think I've watched it once. I watched it once initially and once after. Mm-hmm. Probably deserves another watch here coming up to see if I'm I'm uh, correct. So I put Avatar. Oh, okay. Okay. I can see that. And again, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that it's it's a story that's been told. I don't even think it's the best telling of that particular type of story you know mm-hmm. it's a little dances with wolves a little you know it's just it, it, uh, there was a lot made of that and isn't there another one co- like isn't there like a, a it, there's four more like he hasn't ha- been hasn't he, like a, a many years gone by with that scene <laughs> well if you if you look at the uh it, the disney release they have one every two years for the next four years i mean for the next eight years i think yeah yeah no i i i get it's coming i remember watching it late much like you uh you know and watching it and first of all it was a very long movie it it is and then and i and i watched i was like okay you know but never was like oh i should totally watch avatar again so no I, i can see that yeah for me on this one it's something a little more personal there's a one of my favorite writers his name uh is charles bukowski in Oof, what year would this have been? In the mid, it was, it was, it was Mickey Rourke. So in the mid 80s, he wrote a screenplay for a movie called Barfly. And they made the movie starring Faye Dunaway and Mickey Rourke. And having been a huge fan of, of Bukowski, I remember watching it in my teens, late teens, early 20s, a couple of times and loving the movie. Great movie, right? Fast forward 15, 20 years later. And I, I watch it again two more times, maybe because I'm watching it as an adult, maybe because now I've read so much more of Bukowski than I had back then, because there's been documentaries about him, other movies you know, about him. When I go back to that, I'm like, oh, wow, this is this is really bad. It's it's really terrible acting. They're really overdoing it. It's so slow. Frank Stallone is in it. And I, I watched it again. I was like, oh, this is not like the... This is not the quintessential Bukowski movie anymore. This is actually a, a kind of like a, a bad movie. It does not hold up to what I remember this movie being so gritty and so exactly how Bukowski was. And I was like, oh, wow, this is actually no, no, this is this is not very good acting. And I'm a huge fan of Mickey Rourke, dude, especially old Mickey Rourke, not the yeah. new Mickey Rourke. So I was really surprised to watch it again in the last two years and thinking, First of all, the second time I tried watching it, I couldn't finish watching it. I actually stopped. I was like, "This is this is not me anymore." So for me, it's Barfly, and it's a it's a movie that yeah, it didn't hold up just because of what I know now about him, and what I what other people have done with documentaries and movies about him. So that now when you watch this one, you're just like, "Oh wow, he he really like he 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 really tried." Okay. 
So that that's that's the one for me. Huh. All right then. Yeah. Smack in the middle of all our questions, we have the big question. Gabe, what is the greatest movie ever? Okay, so this one <clears throat> I thought a lot right? about. Like, yeah, because right, didn't... like okay, what is what standing on its own? Not what do I think or what do I like? T- like, like technically and uh, the impact it had. And honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna give my answer, and then I'm gonna give an honorable an honorable mention. I I went. I'm going with Pulp Fiction. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Because both for my feeling and I think for its critical and its impact i I just i i think that one does like i think if somebody i was gonna say show somebody a single tarantino movie and i i've missed some of the recent ones i need to catch up on them so like i can't compare it to some of the newest but like pulp fiction for me is the one that i'm just like this one i think somebody would see the the palette of tarantino in that one it's a very good uh it's a very good movie mine is oh wait you said you had an audible mention sorry i do yeah so Honestly, so the good, the bad, the ugly, oh, like like that one, like and you were talking earlier because I remember thinking about that one. And then you mentioned Spaghetti Western. And I was like, man, like it took me a while to see, surprisingly, considering that it's an older movie and all that. And I, I we watched a lot of Westerns like the Spaghetti Westerns weren't like we watched a lot more John Wayne and like, terrible, you know, terrible. stuff like that. But like the good, the bad, the ugly is just it's such a good movie and it ends in the perfect way. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it's. Yeah, so that's that's that one. Like honestly, like ugh, hard not to say. Yeah, that's also. I was trying not to repeat my answer so that I could, <laughs> so that I could I could show more of the movies that I watch. Yeah. But yeah, no, I can see that those movies. I I've made people watch them. I have forced people to sit down and watch those movies. <laughs> I, they're and look, I listen to the soundtracks and and your Maricone. I listen to his damn music, dude. And that connects so, to you and Metallica. That's right. That connects to Metallica, right? That's their walkout music. Yeah. And they did. It's funny, too, because they, of course, play the original, like, as their walkout. But in tribute to him uh, on his passing, they played a version of Ecstasy of Gold. Oh, wow. And it's on a tribute album for him, you know? And, of course, it's it's metallicized, which is great. Like, it's great no matter what. Nice. For me, the greatest movie of all time, I, I feel it's Shawshank Redemption. I think that's a that's a near perfect movie to me. I have not seen that. God damn it, Gabe. Okay, look. Sometimes I'm surprised. Sometimes it makes sense. That one sometimes doesn't make sense. Sometimes you're horrified. Yes, this this is <laughs> blasphemy. Okay, that's that is also the reaction I got because I, I asked someone else about this too because I was talking about some of my stuff and 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 bouncing some of my answers and and I got that exact same reaction and I'm I I, I understand that I am remiss, but it's also not my fault. Well, it is now that I'm an adult. Yeah, because you're an adult. Be okay, I need you to put Brokeback Mountain back one, and you need to put Shark <laughs> Redemption. That's how strongly I feel. Even though I want you to cry, I want you to watch Shark Redemption. Look, this movie's so good that I have the because it was written by well, the short story is written by Stephen King. Yep. Um. So you already have a really great, you know, like a foundation to work with, and Frank Frank Darabont Darabont is the um, is the writer of the script for the for the movie. He wrote a book about the process of writing that that script and about shooting the Shawshank Redemption. I I have I own that. I literally own the shooting script with the insights of the director. That's how much I love that movie. It is fair. It is an amazing movie and I feel it's the reason why 
Morgan Freeman can narrate everything. Right. In life. Like that, that was that was the movie that that allowed him to do that. Before that, you didn't have that meme. <laughs> no, no, I don't think you did. Wow, Shosh, wow, Gabe, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I didn't think that this this podcast was going to create uh, controversy, but uh, I kind of hate you right now. <laughs> dropping bombs, We're dropping bombs over here. <laughs> and then following that, what is your favorite movie, Gabe? And I, and again, this is. I had the most trouble answering this question for myself, but I, but I gave it a shot. So what do you got? Again, I don't want to repeat, but I think the honest answer, like it has to be Star Wars because of the impact. So Star Wars, I'll say here. So the variation would be uh, episode five, The Empire Strikes Back. We'll put that as the superior as the superior film. It's pretty solid. And uh, as a peak. Yeah. And, And again, like. So here's some more insight there. I remember I got and I, I I wish I knew the backstory for how this all happened. And I still I still have it in a box of Star Wars memorabilia that I have. So my aunt, for some reason, she owned like the trilogy back when like on VHS, the original art, not the special edition. This is the original OG VHS. She broke up the collection and gave me Return of the Jedi, which is just a random like here's the last one of the three. And, you know. Okay, so I have that. I have a VHS of that. That's kind of cool. And yeah, and I have that. So we also at one point got um, I forget what it's called. It's like behind the magic or something. There was a making of and it showed a bunch of the stuff for like how they do like the Hoth battle, like the miniatures and doing the stop motion and on all this stuff. And I refused to watch it as a child. I refused to, to see any behind the scenes. This was real. And you couldn't tell me it wasn't <laughs> my brother. Meanwhile, was fascinated by all the, how they did stuff. And I was just like, I'm leaving the room. Like, I'm not going to watch this because I'm a Jedi and you can just take it and uh, stuff it. I'm out. Mic drop. So yeah, no, that's, that's how I was for a while. And eventually when I finally did watch the behind the magic thing, I was like, Oh wow, this is great. This is fascinating. Okay. That's awesome. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, that's a great answer. It is. It, it, it totally uh, goes with, with uh, everything you've said so far. For me, my favorite movie is a movie called Sanjuro. And it's, um, mm-hmm. it's an Akira Karazawa movie. And it's not even the first. The it's not even the first part. It's the, it's the sequel to Yojimbo, which is the movie that inspired A Fistful of Dollars for the Western culture. The reason why I like Sanjuro is, first of all, because I'm extra like that. I'm obviously going to like a movie from 1961 that's, you know, because, you know, if I didn't, I'd be, I'd be a jerk. Um, right. What, what, uh, what I like about it is, is it's, it's something unique that some movies do. First, the anti-hero, right? You have the, the guy that's not supposed to be the hero, but is. But it's one of those movies that starts and just kind of puts you into the story without, without prepping you. Kind of like... Uh, Kind of like Die Hard. You remember in Die Hard, like there's a Christmas party and then all hell breaks loose, right? Right. So this movie starts with this group of guys, maybe 10 guys, all huddled in this little um, cabin in the middle of the forest talking about the local lord is uh, is up to something and they want to they wanna overthrow him. Again, like 10 minutes of them talking, right? And then all of a sudden you hear somebody's voice from the shadows that says, yeah, that's not going to work. And they all turn and they're all like, what? The lead, uh, Toshiro Mufune, just, has just been sitting there listening to them. He goes, yeah, that's not going to work, he said. And he starts walking around the room and he says, how did you guys show up here? How did you guys get the invite? Oh, he goes, yeah, this is a trap. You're all going to get killed here. <laughs> and they're like, what are you talking about? And sure enough, like the place is surrounded by, by like the guards of the, of the Lord. 
and they are going to get killed. And he's all like, and then he's like, but you know what? I got an idea how we can get away with, with this. He goes, what do you mean we? And he's like, no, yeah, I'm going to help you guys. And and that's how the story goes. And it just continues from there. It's just, it, it's it's Toshiro Mifune at, at his finest. It's Akira Karazawa at his finest. It's just a really cool movie. And I think it's it's the reason why I like movies like that later on. So I kind of went to the source. And I often go back to that movie and I put it in the background. And it's playing. And I don't have to understand what it says. It's just a movie that makes me feel good, and it just—it's awesome to see it on screen, and and yeah, it just—it's my favorite. I, I love watching that movie because how it makes me feel, and how it—I know it directly impacts every movie I watch after that. Because when I was younger, I would watch a movie and think, "Oh my god, this is amazing," and then uh, ten years later, I'm like, "Wait, that was a remake," and then ten years later, "Wait, that was a remake of a remake," <laughs> you know. It's those things. So, so movies like that make me think about like hear about something or watch something and then do the research to see where it came from. And then sometimes you find gems of like, oh, this is a remake or this is inspired by or this is done by. And then like I go down the rabbit hole of information about movies and directors and actors and things like that. So it's a movie that brings me joy. And I think that's why I can honestly say it's my favorite movie. No, that's great. Like, it's funny because... uh I know that the uh, the Kurosawa movies like inspired so much in cinema. It's great. I, I those those like I haven't like I've seen bits of like a ton, but like I, I actually need to go and watch those too. I need to see the source material. Yeah, and the thing is, because I've seen so much of the derivative, you know. And the problem with those movies is that you're not going to watch them dubbed because that would be just the craziest thing to do. So it's movies that you have to give your attention to. So when you when oh you, yeah. When you see that and you're all like, oh, Seven Samurai, three hours. Uh, when am I going to commit to this movie? Because I actually have to pay attention. I can't be on my phone because I got to read the subtitles. So like it's it's those type of movies. So I think that's that's what makes it more special that you really do have to make time for them. And you really have to like pay attention when you're watching the first couple of times. Um, having said that, what is the movie that you have seen the most? <sighs> Again, I don't I don't want to be repetitive. I I'm pretty sure I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Star Wars. And and here's why. Here's why. Because I I would I would wear those out. Like there was a limit. My parents had to put a limit on the amount I could watch because I would just sit there and watch it every day. I would watch Star Wars every day. Any one of them. I remember on multiple occasions going to the library and we would check out because again, I only owned Return of the Jedi, and so we'd check out the other two. I would I would wear them out if you let me. So okay. I'm pretty cool. sure I stacked up views. I don't know. Like, I mean, in modern times, you know, as an adult, on so many demands, I don't think I watch stuff as, as frequently. That's true. That's true. It, it's, a legit, so much. it's a legit answer. It is, honestly. I had to be honest. When I thought of this, the first movie that came to mind was Cool Runnings, because anytime Cool Runnings is on, dude, I will stop. When I, I have been late to work because of cool runnings because it, once I'm, I start watching it I'm in I'm invested in this movie <laughs> but it is not the movie that I've seen the most and even when I watched like super troopers once or twice a month for a year still not as many times as I've seen full metal jacket I have seen full metal jacket periodically for the last 22 years probably two to three times a year and it is a movie that has never gotten old to me that nothing nothing about it makes me like slow down to watch it or skip a part or, or no, I, I enjoy every single minute of that movie and I have watched it probably the most uh, times. It's a good answer. 
with that, what is a movie that means the most to you? So a movie that, that you're fond of because of, of uh, how it's connected to a memory or something like that. So you're like, well, for this what one, do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> we already know those stories. So I, I did get something different here. And this is one where I think it was another like it was another one that like it wasn't something you could go into with with preconceived notion. I couldn't anyway. I didn't have information. It just kind of you look at the cover and it's it's so like like 80s, 90s, like early 90s, like the way that it's framed up and like you don't know the world and the way it introduces it and the way that it all all pans out. So Willow. Oh, that was another one of those movies that was just magical. And and I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate, but like it stands alone. There's not there's not there's no follow up to it. Right. Like there's no continuing. Like you just have this snippet of story in this world that familiar fantasy. You got a lot of classic fantasy tropes, but it had its unique it's had its unique uh, stuff and, and some generic and some little bit of camp, but that's OK. Um, you know, real chemistry between its leads there. Yeah. Uh, so, Warwick and Kilmer, right? That, but also like he got married. What was her name? What was his name? Mad Dog. Um... Uh, Mad Mardigan. <laughs> Mad Mardigan. There you go. <laughs> that shit I remember, by the way. <laughs> he married uh, the female lead? Yeah, Joanne Wally. Am I pronouncing that right? I'm not sure. I don't remember. How interesting. Yeah, they got. Uh, I uh, you know I don't remember. It it didn't obviously didn't last forever. But like for a while there, like they you know their on screen chemistry was a reflection of their real interaction, and oh. it sparked a, it sparked a marriage. That is a fun movie. I've always so another movie that reminds me of that but doesn't hold up is the movie Legend with Tom Cruise. Did you ever watch that one? Okay, I don't think so. It's a very young Tom Cruise. Well, you've seen it because it's Tim Curry playing like this red devil looking dude, red face with giant horns. No, I don't think so. I think it came out around the same time. And it, it he's like a fairy or some sort of mythical creature. Um, okay. And he has to save a girl. But it's, it's very much in that fantasy realm. And I always think of Willow and then I always think of Legend, but Legend didn't hold up, unfortunately. But Tim Curry's I, I want to say it's Tim Curry. His performance all right, all right. is exceptional. But no, Willow, that's a that's a fantastic movie. And just the connection to it, you're just very fond of, of the memory oh, that yeah, it just, gives you. Again, like, and I saw that a little bit later, like, than others. And it it, it's, it just, like, it it got me with that kind of, like, magical, like, it, 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 it just captured that magic again. And as much as I, I told you, like, I can suspend disbelief, I can enjoy stuff. But that one, I just really, like, that, that, that feeling is, is, is not... You know, every movie doesn't do that. So for me, it's something more recent. It's a movie called Norbit. Have you seen Norbit? Uh-uh. Um, Eddie Murphy, he plays uh, himself and this overweight female uh, counterpart. Uh, and it's got Terry Crews in it. Uh, it's got um, Cuba Gooding Jr. makes an appearance. But... So regardless of the movie, the reason why uh, it's it's like uh, it means the most to me, my brother that I lived with in Vegas, he if you put on a movie that he recognized and he liked, like, you know, like the Westerns and stuff like that, he would totally be in on it. But he was never like, I want to watch this movie like I've dragged him to movie theaters and he's fallen asleep like I've dragged him to movies and he's been like, meh. He's the type of guy that, like, even though we have Netflix, he'll watch regular TV with commercials. I'm like, why the hell are you watching with commercials? <laughs> we have. But he's watching a movie that he could be watching on Netflix, but he watched like 
he has he does not care about movies. He does not care about movies. Does not care about TV. If it's on, he'll watch it. If it's funny, like he'll binge, you know, like Shit's Creek. But Norbit is a movie, dude, that whenever it was on, it was the one movie that he's actually requested, like, oh, let's watch Norbit. Like, so every time that I think of Norbit and every time I think of of that movie, I always think of like hanging out with my brother, drinking and watching that movie and hearing him laugh or hearing him, you know, like request that movie because it is the only movie that I know my brother has ever said we should watch Norbit. Uh, so it's just a it's a fond memory of of hanging out with my brother, enjoying the same movie that we both like. Because I'm telling you, like I'm all like, hey, let's watch Moonlight. Hey, let's watch this, and he'll watch it, but he'll fall asleep or he'll lose interest. And and I'm just like, I want to show you this movie. Why can't you pay attention? And and Norbit was the movie that you could not get him to stop watching. It was amazing. So for me, that that is some a movie that that means the most to me, just because of my memory with my brother. So this is, I think you mentioned that the next like three or four questions, you're like, eh. So these are tough. Yeah, the next ones are tough. We'll talk so through them though. I'll, I'll answer first, just in case it helps. You know, uh, okay, it helps you. So, what movie do you like that most people or critically, it's been hated? Right. I am um, live and you know like uh, ride and die actually, not live and die. Ride and die. Ryan Reynolds and Green Lantern. And it just so happens that a few years ago, those two things came <laughs> together. It is a terrible movie, but I am ride or die that movie. Like, no, like, I've waited my entire life to see a Green Lantern anything. After Van Wilder, anything Ryan Reynolds, I'm in. And those two things came together and it was the worst disaster I've ever seen. But no, I will, I will stand by that movie. Uh, honorable mention. Is a movie called Soldier from the uh, late 90s starring Kurt Russell. Because much like Ryan Reynolds, uh, ride or die Kurt Russell. But it's this movie about um, biologically altered children that turn into super soldiers. He's one of those original batches. And um, new soldiers are introduced as he's, as he's getting phased out. And they're like twice as fast and twice as strong and everything like that. And it's 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 again the movie's not great. It's not great, but I I I love watching that movie, um, Soldier with uh, with Kurt Russell. So th- those are those are my okay. answers when it comes to like movies that people hate that I like. Okay, I think I so it's it sounds it's gonna be like it's gonna be like Avatar. People again. like it now? No, no, no. It's <laughs> what movie do you like? Right, that that people hate. So um, the closest I can come up with without like doing some extensive research i think would be like boondock saints and like it's got a cult following now right but like it did not do well and the guy the making it the behind the scenes of all that it was kind of a mess honestly like it's kind of miraculous that it ended up being such a great movie and i mean some performances in there defoe hello like really made that movie it's a great movie yeah i'll stand by that but like it did not it didn't do well there were problems behind the scenes yeah, it's it's gained its cult following. I don't even know actually. I wonder what it's. I wonder what it officially has. I mean, the, it took what fifteen years to make a sequel because of what happened, right? Yeah, I mean, Boondock Saints has a twenty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so there you go. Like, it's not. Oh yeah, well, Soldier has twelve. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how much of this twenty eight percent is from uh, yeah, more yeah. recent? <laughs> that makes Favorable. Sense. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I do love that movie though. I watch it annually. Okay, that's cool. What is the worst movie you've ever watched? Now, I will say this. I don't think anybody 
starts out making a movie hoping that it's bad. I don't think anybody's intention is to make a bad movie, right? <laughs> like, quick honorable mention, Valerian, The City of a Thousand Islands, is a horrible movie. But I had a great experience watching it, so I, I it's not the worst movie that I've ever seen. But a movie that I walked out of the theater of because it was so bad was Paul Blart. I was I was I had just moved to Miami. I didn't have a lot of things to do. So on the weekends, I would go watch two, three movies in the theater. No matter how desperate I was to kill some time, I started watching Paul Blart, dude, and I walked out of that movie. And I didn't even ask for my money back. I said, nope, I don't ever want to remember this. So to me, worst movie I've ever watched. And again, it does not mean that it's a bad movie. It is Paul Blart. I think for me, having looked at some things and some scores, it's got to be one of the Resident Evil movies. Really? Yeah, like uh, uh, Apocalypse, I think, got a real bad score. And honestly, like, I'm not invested. So I think a lot of people like those movies because of the games and the nostalgia. And, like, I don't have that connection because I didn't play those. So, like, I'm watching these things, and uh, I don't, you know, they're, again, it didn't bother me. I wasn't particularly bothered, but they're not that great. Okay. No, that's fine. Again. Uh, plenty of people like them, so it's not that it's it's a bad movie in the sense. It's just yeah, yeah, a movie no. you did not like. Let's look. Watching. Let's take Apocalypse. And let's take a peek here. Resident Evil. Let's look at how bad this one goes. Nineteen percent Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> we got a thirty-five on Metacritic. That's pretty good. IMDb was kinder, and although here we go, ninety-one percent of Google users liked this movie. And again, I'm good at suspending. I can watch and be like, okay, we're killing some zombies. We're having a good time. I don't understand what's going on. Like story wise, it doesn't matter to me. There's no, there's no, you know, I'm not invested. But yeah, I don't think, I think objectively, it's, it also seems like those movies, they kind of just kept doing them. And yeah, yeah, they did. Because the first couple are actually probably like the first two or three are probably pretty decent and, and uh, at least a, a good through line on the story. And then beyond that, they were just kind of making them. Yeah, no, I agree. I remember watching the first Resident Evil and then being out. So it's fine. <laughs> But I was never a, a, a PS1 player that played the game, so it wasn't that right. Much. Same. I, I was not the demographic. What is the movie that you can relate to? Again, I'll go first to give you a little bit of time. For me, it's the movie Jarhead. Uh, I remember reading the book while I was uh, deployed to Iraq in 2003, and then watching the movie in 2005, because the movie the movie slash book takes place in the first Gulf War in '92. The guys kind of went through the same thing where like, you know, literally the same thing, like pushing into Iraq, pushing into Baghdad. And the part that always gets me about the movie is the aftermath when they're out and like they're stocking groceries and they're doing these normal things. And they're like, nobody is aware of their lives and what they did. They know each other. So it's one of those things where like that brotherhood that I built in the service is what I related to. So it's one of and, and the movie's so well done, like uh, it really feels like what you do in the service, like they 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 don't exaggerate uh, for the most part uh, what you know what you go through. So it's a, it's a, you know like because even Full Metal Jacket feels exaggerated to me, but I think it's because that's Vietnam and I you know right. But I think that one was closer, and and I feel like I relate the most to that movie uh, when it comes to no they they did capture the the weird dichotomy of going back to like mundane every day and like for all the programs and assistance and things that are to help you integrate like. There is a weird, yeah. There's a weird kind of disconnect as it happens. Yeah, for sure. 
So, yeah, that's and mine. having and having not gone overseas and seen a bunch of stuff, I still had that weird disconnect feeling. And going through the the, the transition classes was still odd, you know, because you go from this regimented and defined kind of existence. So yeah, yeah, when you're balancing your checkbook. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have one? Uh, I don't for this. I don't. There, there was nothing that 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 jumped out. So I watched a lot of fantastical stuff. And I mean, other than relatable emotions and feelings, I couldn't really come up with one that I felt like, you know, nothing jumped off. Nothing that really jumped out of the list to me. Perfectly acceptable. The last question, Gabe. If the world had a movie night and it was your night to show a movie to the world, what movie would it be? Yeah. So this is a struggle because there's so many good movies or great movies that are part of trilogies or or multi-part features and how can you show part of one and leave people hanging? So, yeah, uh, I'm going to I'm going to defer to your answer first while I while I contemplate my life because this is what I'm struggling with. So I I uh, I had the same problem because I was like, well, I'm like, do I say The Godfather because I'm sure everybody's seen The Godfather at that point. So then I started going, okay, do I say something like super like in, you know, with me, uh, a movie that, that, that goes deep, you know, but then I'm like, no, then I'm just being pretentious. I really should think of a movie that I really like watching that potentially isn't as popular that might not be recent. So I struggled a little bit with it. And then I was, I was doing, uh, I was walking my dog and I, I was thinking about this question. The movie They Live came to mind. They Live, they live had a couple things that come, came together, right? So it's a John Carpenter movie. John Carpenter is the writer director of like, was it the the um, the thing? Uh, Escape from New York, Escape from LA. Like those are the movies that John Carpenter does. And so he wrote this movie called They Live, and it stars Roddy Roddy Piper or Roddy Piper, who was a wrestler from the 80s it's a movie about uh aliens so you follow this you know drifter roddy piper comes into la finds this box of uh sunglasses puts them on and the world looks different they're like every time he puts them on the world goes black and white and all the and it's where the obey stuff comes from instead of a, a pack of cigarette uh billboard it just says obey consume buy like, you know, like those. And so when he takes off the glasses, the world looks normal. He puts them back on and then he starts notice, oh, well, people look different, too. And he kind of starts putting it together like we've been invaded by aliens and I can see them. And he enlists one of his friends that he met after a awesome, like eight minute fight scene, trying to convince him to put the glasses on. And that's Keith David, uh, that, that the other actor in the movie. And uh, and yeah, it's just, it's just such a cool it's a cool movie it's a cool movie with some loopholes but you forgive them because of the good storytelling the bluesy music in the background and uh, the really catchy punchlines you know 80s style punchlines you know like the, the most famous one is I came here to chew some bubblegum and and kick some ass and I'm all out of bubblegum. Like everybody. That's what that came from. Yes, exactly. Uh, that quote gets used everywhere. Exactly. Well, it comes from They Live. So yeah, I think if, if there was movie night and it was my night to show the world a movie, I would go with fun, funny action and just all around feel good. Good guy wins at the end. 
they live, I think it's going to be my answer. That's honestly, it's a really hard movie to decide on because you do want to, you do want to show your culture. You you want to show your where you are in life and and pick something. You you kind of want to pick a, a people pleaser, you know, just to show you're part of it. Because I had that. I don't know why I had that trouble of like I should pick a popular movie, like you know. But then part of me is like, well, no, I should be I should be honest. Like I would love for the world to see they live. I think like in your head too, like it's hard because you think like, am I trying to be impactful here or am I just trying to have a good time, right? Exactly. Because there's movies that you could definitely say like, what would have the most profound impact or be potentially life-changing for someone or whatever. And I, I think the idea of let's have a good time is much better because I especially if like it, with the setup for this, right? We're in the afterlife there and doing this thing. Like you're not trying to, you can't change anyone's life at that point. We've already done it. We're, that's done. <laughs> that's so true, let's have actually. a good time. I didn't think about so, that. <laughs> With that reframing, I'm just going to – the fun, a good time. Um, I'm going to go with uh, – I'm going to say The Expendables. Ooh, wow. Because it is part of a trilogy. It is. But the first one stands alone. I mean, I enjoy all of them. But they're, that's just a microcosm. They, they just recaptured the 80s. You know? All they did. And it's the greatest hits. I That is so funny, dude. I, I just rewatched that movie last week. I was visiting a friend and I was like, you need to watch this movie after I, well, after I made him watch John Wick, <laughs> made him watch John Wick. And then I was like, oh, the Expendables is obviously the next movie. I said, look, you're, you're getting exactly what you think you're getting when you look at this cast. I said, hundred percent. That's what I tell people. <laughs> do not be surprised and do not expect anything but what you see in this cast. Okay. If you, if you ask for anything else, you're just going to let yourself down. This movie is exactly what you think it is and nothing else and nothing more. There is no moral. There is no hit. Nothing. It is exactly no that. hidden message. No agenda. No, it's it's you're right. And I, I'm, I'm going to I'm actually going to say that you could watch any of those three movies out of out of timeline. You and and you don't need anything. And you don't need anything. You don't because it's a new bad guy introduced in every one of them. Even new characters are introduced in every one of them. Mm hmm. I, I mean, with the exception of Statham and Stallone, pretty much everyone else gets gets like swapped out. So another fun little behind the scenes story for that. Um, Terry Crews talks about his time on it because like he got like invited to be in Expendables or whatever. And that's a big deal, right? To be included in that pantheon of like yeah. action heroes. He's like a, a super upbeat and like motivated and like, you know, just happy guy. And I guess like it was there was a bit of a transitional period. And he got a little bit despondent and was like a little bit because he wasn't getting as much screen time. And like there wasn't as much like there's so many people sharing the screen. You know, he said he started kind of phoning it in a little because like you're getting paid for it. So like whatever, it's like you're getting a big paycheck. He uh, he was like, man, like whatever. And then for whatever reason, partway, he wasn't having a good time as a result. And partway through, he was like, you know what? I need to change my attitude because the reason he got into movies and was. And, and became a star was because of his his attitude and his work ethic you know he was he always showed up he always gave 100 percent, no matter what the job was how small how big and he said i i gotta change my attitude here because i don't want this to be what i leave in this movie mm -hmm. and so that he, he kind of got back to it and he started doing the you know saying hi to everybody like in the morning you know like the crew and like you know being enthusiastic and like you know if he had his he said if i was on the screen for two seconds there you know i was giving it everything i had as a result of that, and again, he did that with just for himself because that's what he he's like, you know what, this is who I am and I need to I need to be more authentic. And I, you know, it's not just about a paycheck. Uh Stallone noticed and Stallone rewrote 
a part of the movie to feature him as a result. <laughs> He's like, no, what? You're doing great. And so his scene in the movie where he goes down the hallway with the shotgun uh-huh. the full auto and blows everyone and saves everybody was rewritten because of his attitude change. Because initially somebody else saved him or whatever. And Stallone noticed was like, you know what? You're going to save all of us. You're going to be the guy that saves us all. That is awesome, dude. And so that was his message. He says, even when you think people aren't looking and even when there's too much else happening, you got to give 100% because people do notice. You know, every interview I've seen him in, because I'm a huge fan of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yep. Every interview I've seen of him, uh, he is the nicest, most uplifting dude ever. I am not surprised that that his attitude totally reflects the on-screen persona that then reflects his career. Like It makes yep. perfect sense that the universe said these things align, so he should be this person. That's fantastic. Yep. That's fantastic. Um, so that was the last question. Uh, this was a lot of fun, dude. I, I, I think it's a good break in between the years. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Next uh, week, we start a new year, and uh, I thought this was fun sticking to what we do but also like because i enjoyed w- listening to that podcast so much i was like i want to answer those questions but i'm never going to be on uh films to be buried with so you know what <laughs> here's the thing much like terry cruz i have a similar belief that you should stop complaining about things that the way that uh, that you don't like the way things are and just do them differently i believe that because a long time ago and this is sh- me sharing i st- I, I got tired of complaining about not being able to find the right notebook to, to take my notes in because of whatever, the paper, the, the cover, or anything. And you know what? I started making my own goddamn notebooks because I refuse to continue to continue bitching about a notebook I can't get uh, and then start just shutting my mouth up and started making my own. So I, I, I much like this podcast, I am 90% sure that I'm still young enough to believe that there's 10% chance that I might get on the Brett Goldstein podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't conform to the status quo. You change that status quo. Exactly. So until I get onto his podcast, I'm just going to make my own and answer those questions myself. So boom. (laughs) So, uh, and yeah, and and again, I I couldn't think of a better person to do this with because I want to do this again in a year, as I mentioned. Yeah. I'm excited to see what changes. Yeah. to, To see what's happened. I wish we would have done this at the beginning pre-COVID oh, yeah. and post-COVID because I think that would have been also a really cool uh, experiment. But now we're doing it like yeah, yeah. as the world reopens to the world being open again, right? So by the time we do this again, movie theaters, you know, I, again, look, they're probably open now, I'm sure. I'm just not comfortable going to a movie theater yet. Right, right. I will eventually, but until that happens, I'll keep pirating movies, plain and simple. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, in a year we'll see where we are in our lives and how we answer these questions. So I'm gonna save these. Let's do that. So that'd be fun. Thank you, Gabe. This was fun, and thank you for the listeners for listening. Remember to find us at Pop Culture Hangfire on Instagram. If you, again, I'll remind everybody, if you have uh, something that you are very passionate about that falls in line with our pop culture madness here. We would love to hear from you and we would love to put you on the podcast so that we can uh, learn more about these things because I'm I'm still learning. Gabe obviously needs to learn because I still never even had an education. Basically, I'm out here. Haven't seen Shawshank Redemption. God damn it. Anyway, thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll see you next week.